0: Talking about innovation in teaching and education, popular podagogy. Discussions that are topical and sometimes philosophical, popular podagogy. Popular podagogy. Welcome to our podcast. In this podcast, I'm excited to be speaking with Deidre McCorkendale. Deidre is a historian interested in the history of of race in North America, and a focus on the African Canadian and African American experience. Her current research concerns the history of intelligent testing in North America, focusing on a racial intelligence study performed in Southwestern Ontario in the 1930s. Deidre has appeared in several documentaries talking about the black history of Ontario, specifically the Chatham-Kent region, and is a proud member and consultant by the Chatham-Kent Black Historical Society. In this podcast, among other things, we will discuss Black History Month and some of the challenges with how Black history is taught in Canadian schools. I'd like to introduce our guest to our podcast today, and that is PhD candidate through Queen's University, Deirdre McCorkendale. Welcome to our podcast, Deirdre.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Deidre, I was looking over your resume and research concentrations, and I was very impressed with not only the Black history content you have completed research on and spoken on, but specifically the focus on Black settlement in southwestern Ontario. It's not something I've heard or learned a lot about, and it intrigued me. Um, Why the interest in this particular area?
1: Um, so, um, I have to be kind of honest about that. Uh, part of it is, um, a part of it's a personal, uh, a personal engagement that I have in that. Um, so, uh, when I started my university career, I always wanted to do Black Canadian history. Um, I, and I always wanted to get my PhD. Like I started from my undergrad wanting to have a PhD and, um, I'm originally from uh, the city of Chatham and my uh, mother and my grandparents are part of Chatham's uh, historic black community. And um, I became very invested in it. It's funny when I went away to university cause I'm from Chatham and it's like a small place and I couldn't wait I just couldn't wait to like get away from Chatham, like, and I only went up an hour up the road to London when I did my undergrad. But like, I just couldn't wait to be out of Chatham. But it's funny um, when I started my masters, so many things just kept calling me home, and I became very, very invested in the people that I knew there and the history that they had, and I realized how rich that history was. And I just wanted to share it with people. Um, So I primarily focus on uh, the Chatham-Kent region. So um, Chatham is my specialty, but I also look at uh, a little bit at Buxton and also uh, the Dawn Settlement, uh, which is in Dresden. So I've looked at that too, but I've also looked at like Windsor, London, all of these uh, other places that were hotspots of... Uh, black settlement from the 19th century, even into the 20th century. So um, it's kind of it, it's a personal thing, um, which is is a personal bias, I guess, is my short answer for that.
0: <laughs> and, I, and I love the fact that right at the beginning of your uh, university career, you already knew you wanted to do your PhD. Mm-hmm. And then to be doing your PhD in something that you're passionate about, and connected to, uh, that must be an amazing feeling and and why your passion shows through uh when i've heard you speak and when i've i've seen some of your documentation so that's fantastic um so Deidre, we're going to jump right into it uh and the first question i'm going to ask you is 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 something that that is sort of one of those questions that we ask often and and we need to get the answers deeper into our into our, our brains so that we we can have a better understanding and that is can you tell us a, a little bit about the history of Black History Month?
1: Okay. So there's a lot of misconceptions about Black History Month. Um, sometimes when I talk to people, there's a lot of cynicism about Black History Month. And I, too, share some of the cynicism because I'm a Black historian. And then all of a sudden, in February, my, my inbox blows up with people who all of a sudden think that I'm wonderful. Right? Um, and so I have some of the cynicism, but I also have a great love and respect for Black History Month. Um, a lot of people think that Black History Month is like a very cynical, you know, kind of government mandated um, diversity project, and it really isn't. The idea of Black History Month is almost 100 years old. It will be 100 years old in 2026. Um, so I'll try and give you the abridged version um, of it, which is I'm a historian. It's really hard to give the abridged version of anything. I have to, whenever I'm lecturing, I have to like have papers in front of me so my students can go home on time. Um,
0: I, I think that fact too, Deidre, that you made that this is not something new that the government came up with. This has no. been celebrated for a hundred years. Yes. And I don't think that information uh, is getting out enough that this is a, this is a long-standing celebration.
1: Yeah, so um, I, I'll take you back um, to the early 20th century. So, um, Carter Woodson, um, he was the um, second person, uh, second person of color, so, second Black person in the United States to earn his PhD in history from Harvard. Um, the first was uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, who was a colleague um, of his. So he got his dissertation from Harvard, um, and it was on, I think it was on uh, the, the creation of West Virginia during the Civil War. And he went on um, as a Black intellectual in the early 20th century. He established the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, which is now the African American Life and History. So it's still going strong. I've spoken at one of their conferences before. Um, and they uh, published the Journal of Negro History, uh, which he edited until his death. Um, and I could go on and on and on about like all of his accolades. He's one of those people who makes you like sit around and wonder what you're doing with your life because they did so much. Um, but the reason why I'm bringing him up uh, is when I, I could go on about him forever, but um. I, I feel like he gets lost a lot in the history of um, Black history in general, even though he did so many things. Um, there's so many people who are going to be celebrating Black History Month and they're going to be sitting in churches and classrooms and auditoriums and they don't even know who he is. And um, I brought up his life because celebrating Black life and accomplishment is part of what Black History Month is, is all about. And I wanted you to know that... Black History Month was conceived by a Black historian, one of the first Black historians um, in the United States. Um, and that and is worked, such an
0: important fact that yeah. it was uh, created by, by a Black historian.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and he spent his life being devoted to historical research, collecting artifacts, in writing the history and contributions of African-Americans. And it's in 1926 that Woodson started what was called Negro History Week. And the celebration began to increase awareness and interest in Black history uh, for both Black people and white people, but he was primarily at that time because things were so segregated, he was primarily working in Black spaces, but he did try to infiltrate white spaces as well. Um, And it took place in the second week of February for a significant reason. Um, I know I hear a lot of people joke like, oh, Black History Month is in February because it's the shortest month and it's the coldest month. No. I haven't reason, heard that. <laughs> yes, it's a joke. Um it's a joke, but uh, it comes out of a little bit of ignorance. There's a big reason why Black History Month is in February and the reason is he chose the second week of February because it held the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln but also uh Frederick Douglass. Now technically we don't know uh what Frederick Douglass's actual birthday was because he was an enslaved person so he, um so he didn't know what his birthday was, but they went, but I think they went with, the, they went with his birth date in February. And Frederick Douglass was quite possibly one of the most important voices of the 19th century. He was um, an abolitionist. He was a writer, orator. He's probably one of the greatest orators in American history. Um And um, so that is why Black History Month is in February. And uh, Frederick Douglass does have some deep connections to some of our communities in Canada. So it's worth celebrating in February for us um, as well, because he visited Canada quite a few times uh, in his anti-slavery work. So um, every year, Woodson would send brochures and pamphlets to school boards, colleges, Black newspapers, to women's clubs and scholarly journals, uh, the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, they produced books and bibliographies, pamphlets and other literature to help with the celebrations and celebration of the week included parades with people in costume portraying different Black historical figures uh, they had banquets, there were breakfasts and poetry and speech readings. And while Woodson was alive, these celebrations reached every state and several foreign countries. Um, and the reason that he established Negro History Week, and the reason that we have Black History Month is that he knew that race prejudice was a tradition that was taught in schools. And By not including the accomplishments of African Americans to the history of the country, Black students and consequently white students as well were being taught that Black people were inferior, that no one of their race had um, contributed anything to the history of the country or the world and that they were invisible and nothing noteworthy to publish in a book and Black children would learn about white inventors and founders and artists and things like that, but never any Black ones. And Woodson saw as a historian that this sends them into a cycle of defeat and it would continue on into adulthood. Um, And Woodson, I actually have a quote from, from him. He argued that the thought of inferiority of the Negro is drilled into him in almost every class he enters, in almost every book he studies. Uh, And Negro History Week was meant to kind of combat that. Now, the idea behind Negro History Week, I think, we don't know for sure because Carter Woodson is not around and I can't ask him, right? But I think perhaps the idea might be that you create something, and um, this happens a lot in Black history. Black folks create things in the hopes that maybe one day we won't need them anymore. Um, and I think that Negro History Week and Black History Month is, is one of those things, is that perhaps we won't need this anymore. This is an important kind of first step towards where we actually should be. Um, but perhaps we won't need this anymore because, you know, I'm Black every year every month of the year and black history is not just in February you know and I wish people more people would want to talk to me um other than in February um but my email gets blown up in February (laughs) so we're not there yet so it provides kind of an important it provides an important base to stand on to at least remind people that these things are these things are important um, and and that that is what it's for um, it's not a solution to the problem but it is a way to help with the problem so it's really Black History Month is really to help combat institutional racism at its core um, and that was my very brief explanation of that
0: <laughs> and I think that last that last comment really hit hit it home is that this this is a process that we're that we're going through, and and hopefully one day uh, the the extent of it won't be as as needed. I'm I'm going a little bit backwards with you, sure. and just really quickly, um, is there a record of when um, the celebration came to Canada, when when it started first in Canada? Because I understand that's a lot of the American side, but is there any type of projection as to when it was first happened in Canada?
1: Um, I don't know for sure when um, they started. So it becomes a national, I think it becomes nationally recognized in Canada, I believe in the 1990s. Um, But Black communities all over Canada, because a lot of our Black communities, we have contact with Black communities all over the world. Black communities in Canada had been celebrating these things before the 1990s. I can't give you an exact date because it would be different depending on the community, but they had been celebrating these things beforehand. But I think it's officially in the 1990s for Canada.
0: Awesome. And this is going to lead us right into the next question. And then it's, can you explain to us from your viewpoint, some of the problems with how black history is taught in Canadian schools, because you and I have talked about this before, in the sense that I look back to my public school and high school education, and there is very little that I remember being taught. Um, uh, And and that needs to change. And, And I know you have some ideas on that as well.
1: Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll try and make this as brief as I can. <laughs> um, this is something that I've tried to devote my career to. Um, so part of the problem with the ways in which Black history is taught in Canada is that we have a very particular narrative um, about Black people in Canada. Um, so what I hear happen, and this is sad because this is something like I've talked to my students that... You know, I'm older now and like hearing them, they're having some of the same problems that I had when I was in school. So what ends up happening is they're either taught nothing at all about Black people in Canada. So there's an absence and there's an invisibility, which is a problem. And then um, on the other side, if they are taught about Black history in Canada, a lot of times what they're taught is a very specific narrative. They are taught about how Canada was this safe haven for either the Black loyalists in Nova Scotia, or it was a safe haven for freedom seekers coming on the Underground Railroad. And while those parts, um, those two two segments of Black history are important, and I do teach about them, what ends up happening is we teach this narrative of Canada being this kind of benevolent country, um, this bastion of, of freedom, when it really wasn't for Black people coming. And we really don't talk about, we talk about Black people as coming to Canada. We don't really talk about what their lives were like in Canada. We don't talk about what their settlements were like, the things that they did and who they were. We talk about how, you know, Canada was this wonderful place for them, but we don't actually talk about black people. And that's a problem. And we certainly do not talk about Black people moving into the 20th century, even though Black people have been here since the 1600s and they are still here um, and they're a very important part of the country. And I think that's the other issue. They get frozen in these particular points. And then on top of it, there's a particular narrative. And in that entire conversation we're not actually talking about the black experience and i think that is kind of the core of the issue um if that makes any sense that was my very like quick way of explaining that
0: that. very good and as you were describing it um that was my educational experience in the late 70s and the 80s where it was either an absence or we talked about the underground railroad yeah and the safe haven aspect of it and and i i we need to do better and that leads us into because teachers want to do better so Mm -hmm. what advice and 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 i will also say it's it's up to the teachers to make the difference uh, because we are on the ground level and and we can make a huge difference so what advice do you have for teachers who want to be more impactful when they're teaching about black history
1: so um the best advice that i could give you like very quickly like there's several resources that we could look to but um the best thing i would tell you when you're talking about black canadian history especially if you're um ontario is my specialization um but if you're in ontario and you're a teacher um chances are there is a black community um close to you and a lot of times our communities um have our own historical societies and we where we have archived things where we have kept things our churches keep things um, very much so and honestly one of the best things that you can do a lot of times is actually reach out to your local Black historical society or even one outside of your one outside of your city um, so for our Chatham-Kent Black Historical Society I say we're small but mighty um, We get emails from teachers all of the time, and we have a lot of learning resources that we can give you that we can give you information. Um, We can give you records of families, we can tell you different things, we can show you tours around the city, um, and we can also put you in contact with like local organizations, because those are some of the key Keepers of the history are our local communities like academics like me are working on kind of building um, building a bigger base for black Canadian history but really what I've learned over my years of teaching at the university levels is these local communities are really kind of the shoulders that I stand on as an academic. Um, And so looking to them um, and uh, saying, like, do you have any resources on this? Like, I'm really interested in this. A lot of them are also interested in, you know, if you give them enough time, they'll give you presentations on things. Like, you'd be surprised just how many things you can find just even in your own backyard and reaching out to those people. So that would be kind of the best advice is look in your own backyard and actually talk to Black people and their communities about these things.
0: And Maybe as a also an advice, not just on fe- and during February.
1: Mm. Yes, <laughs> I mean yes. this is the we whole get point. a little overwhelmed in February. <laughs> February is very busy. Uh, the but tours also, are booked.
0: That's right. To break the cycle of <laughs> the fact that we only are studying this during the month of February,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, we we need to reach out and and we talk about bringing experts into the classroom all the time. We don't need to be experts in every. We aren't experts in every area. So, why would we pretend or why wouldn't we bring in the people that have the knowledge? And it just enriches the whole situation and educational journey for our students. Uh, so, that's great advice. And, and I like the fact that most communities um, have those resources. Yeah. And we are going to include all of the resources that you have uh, on the uh, podcast uh, website. So, uh, our listeners will have access to that as well. Mm-hmm. Deidre, I just have one final uh, question for you, and it's a tip for uh, new teachers or teachers that just haven't delved deeper into Black history. And we want you to answer it and try to do it in two or three sentences. Um, If a teacher only initiated one learning experience for their students that focuses on Black History Month or Black History, I shouldn't say month because we want them to do this all the time, what should it be?
1: Okay, if you can... Now, I understand it would depend on where you live. But if you can, make your lesson local because students will gravitate more if they have more of an investment in it. If they understand, like if if you just tell them about some distant person in the past, but if you can tell them this happened in your town, this happened an hour away from you. Um, make it local, make it more personal to them so they'll be invested in the history. So they're not so divorced from these people in the past. So that that would be my that would be my suggestion.
0: That's amazing because we constantly talk about engagement and mm-hmm. we talk talk about making it relevant. So oh. that is a perfect example of making um, black history more relevant to our students, which is such an important. Uh, component of anything that we are learning Deirdre. thank you so much for sharing your expertise experience and passion and you can tell us your passion with us today uh, it was a pleasure and very educational for me which I love and, and thank you very for much the listeners as well so thank you so much thank you that does it for another episode of popular podagogy again thank you to our amazing guest Deirdre McCorkendale I hope you take the time to visit our podcast website for additional resources from Deirdre. Josh, as always, where can our listeners subscribe to make sure they don't miss any of our Popular Podagogy podcasts? Yeah, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Faculty of Education website, and pretty much any other place you get your podcasts. Please don't forget to check out our Queen's Faculty of Education website and search for Popular Podagogy for additional resources and information. Well, that's it from myself, Chris Carleton, and our incredibly talented and resourceful podcast team of Josh Vine and Aaron York. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay connected. And we will see you next time for another amazing episode of Popular Podagogy.